I'm walking down the path in my garden and I have a suggestion for you on how you could help with global warming. With a large lawn, I found a simple way of making a big difference. I sold my ride-on mower and bought a top-of-the-range Cress robotic lawnmower. It runs off rechargeable batteries and uses cutting-edge technology to mow and maintain a lawn this size. The petrol mower has gone, and with it, the emissions. I actually don't know why I didn't sell the ride-on sooner. With the Cress robotic lawnmower, the lawn is actually looking better. The tiny grass cuttings fall into the grass roots, helping to fertilize the grass. And the family doesn't have to put up with the noise and fumes from the ride-on. And I've freed up more of my time to spend with them and in the garden. It's an easy step. And you could also be making that change today. Ask for Cress in your local garden machinery dealer. Or visit cress.com. Hello and welcome back to the RHS Gardening Podcast. Each fortnight we bring you a mixture of features and discussions exploring every aspect of gardening, plant care, pest control, container ideas, growing your own fruit and vegetables, plus expert seasonal advice on what you should be doing in your garden right now. I'm Tony Dickerson, one of the team of horticultural advisors here at the RHS Garden Wisley in Surrey. Coming up in this edition, how do you protect your precious plants from the winter weather? RHS experts guide you on the frost protection for fuchsias, tree ferns and dahlias. To dig or not to dig? How to prepare your soil to give next year's vegetables a head start? And RHS experts answer your gardening questions by post and email. And, as always, we have the latest news on RHS events across our four gardens. But first, let's head outside to find out what tasks the gardening team are tackling in RHS Wisley right now. Hello, my name's Lucy Tate and I'm a horticulturalist at RHS Wisley. I look after the canal area and currently in the garden I'm planting my spring flowering bulbs. So narcissus, which are daffodils and tulips, can be planted at this time of year. Great tip is dig your hole, scatter the bulbs at the bottom of the hole, making sure they're all facing upwards. You can tell that by the basal plate on the bottom is a flat, a flat surface on the bottom of the bulb. Place them all at the bottom of the hole and cover with soil. You will find that if you scattered them and place them where they've fallen, that will give you a nice naturalised look. Another great technique is to make sure you plant them three times their depth. That gives enough support for the pedestal, which is the flower stem, to stay upright and also ensures they will flower year on year. Sometimes if they're planted too shallow, they won't flower. When feeding bulbs in a grass area, be careful not to um, feed in spring when you will be feeding the grass um, and that may overpower the bulb. You want to feed in autumn, so mark out the area, give it a feed just to ensure you get good flowering performance. Hi, I'm Peter Jones from the Glass House here at Wisley. Now's a really good time of year to pot some hyacinths or hippiastrums if you want a good show for Christmas. Uh, remembering that when you pot them, not to pot the uh, compost above the halfway above the top of the bulb, and also that they need to go for a period in somewhere cool and dark uh, before you put them on show. It's also a really good thing to be aware as as our days get shorter, our light levels are getting less and as getting cooler outside. Uh, with this in mind, we need to remember that plants are going to drink a lot less, so to be really careful on our watering. Pay particular attention to plants 
such as Streptocarpus or Centpolia, which really don't like sitting wet for any period of time. So really be careful about your watering of those. Also, with reduced temperatures, we tend to put our heating on more. With this, our houses get drier, which isn't always ideal for some of our house plants. So where have you got palms or maybe something like a Swiss cheese plant, the Monsturia delicosa, uh, it would be a good idea to try and increase their humidity. A good way of doing this is putting some gravel in the base of a saucer and putting the pot on top of the saucer. And then when you fill up the saucer with water, uh, that can evaporate and increase the humidity, but it means that the roots of the plant aren't sits wet for long periods of time. Now, moving into your greenhouse at this time of year, it's a good idea to sow sweet peas if you want to get them really started early, ready for next spring. Uh, It's a great time of year to start jobs like cleaning, uh, getting rid of any debris where you might have any pests or disease hiding. So making sure you clean any yellow leaves or fallen flowers from the bases of pots as they can be perfect little hiding holes for, for bugs. As well as good hygiene, it's a good time of year to um, clean pots if you recycle and reuse your, your plant pots. Bugs and such as mealybug can hide under the rim of the pot and you don't want those bugs getting into your plants in the following year. As with in your home, it's getting colder outside, so be sure to check that your greenhouse heaters are all working and that you've got plenty of wicks for paraffin-based heaters. It's quite a good idea to insulate your greenhouse with bubble wrappers. That's quite an effective way of stopping losing uh, excess heat through the thin glass. My name is Mario. I look after the vegetable garden at Weasley RHS. And uh, we are in October now, and it's time to think about preparing the ground for next year. There are two ways of looking at this. Some people believe that by not digging the soil, the soil structure can be maintained and there is a better quality crops for next year. Another school of thought is that you dig every year and according to what crops you decide to grow the following year, uh, then you add organic matter to the soil and dig it in and leave the soil to rest over winter for the frost and the rain. Here in the vegetable garden, I tend to dig every year uh, all the available spaces and uh, where appropriate, I incorporate organic matter uh, such as compost or well-rotted horse manure or spent mushroom compost Again, each one of these is in relation to what crops you really want to grow. Uh, you wouldn't use uh, spent mushroom compost for potatoes because it tends to be rather alkaline and potato-like, slightly acidic soil. On the other hand, you wouldn't want to use um, just ordinary garden compost for, again, for potatoes, for example, because they... Uh, homemade compost tend to be slightly too acidic even for potatoes. Manuring the soil, which means adding organic matter to it prior to digging, is not the same as feeding the crops. Manuring will increase the fertility of the soil but not necessarily the amount of the right nutrients needed by the crops. That is something that needs to be checked, evaluated according to the crops that 
will be grown onto the ground. So crops like beetroot or spinach, they don't really need that much nutrients. So the additional organic matter would be sufficient. While crops like brassica or potatoes, they definitely need on top of the additional organic matter to the soil, they definitely need to be fertilized accordingly. You can find more tips and advice on growing your own fruit and vegetables on the Grow Your Own pages of the RHS website, rhs.org.uk forward slash grow your own. Here you can also find video guides to key jobs in the garden. I'm Tony Dickerson and you're listening to the RHS Gardening Podcast. One of the most common questions RHS advisors are asked at this time of year is how do I prevent my tender plants from getting damaged by the extremes of winter weather? To answer this, here's RHS Garden Advisor Lee Hunt with some suggestions of what you can do now to protect some of your prized plants from frosts in the months ahead. I'm Lee Hunt, I'm the Principal Horticultural Advisor here at Wisley. And it's that time of year where the frosts are beginning to loom on the forecast. So you've got to think about some winter protection for those tender plants. Probably the two things that are most common are dahlias and cannas. Obviously, at the moment, they're providing fantastic colour, but very quickly we'll get the frost and you'll find that they blacken and the leaves begin to decay. You can get them up now, but traditionally you leave them until they get frosted and then you've got a decision to make. If you've got light sandy soils, you can leave them in the ground, but if you've got wet or cold clay soils, then it is better to lift them. So you need to get your spade in. Try not to damage the tubers or the rhizomes as you're lifting your dahlias and cannas. Then bring them out whole gently shake off as much of the soil as possible and then ideally turn them upside down in trays so they begin to uh, all that excess moisture dries and drains out of them you can do that by placing them in somewhere cool but uh, ideally a bit drier so it could be in your greenhouse that's well ventilated or even somewhere like a conservatory or if you've got a lean-to down the side of the house ideal When they have dried out really thoroughly, turn them back up the right way and find somewhere frost-free and really just keep an eye on them over the winter months so that they're not getting really bone dry, but they're staying sort of nice and, and stable so that they will store well for the winter. We mentioned that you can store dahlias and cannas in the ground as well. They just need some additional protection. So once they've been frosted, cut them off pretty much at ground level. But then they're going to survive by the soil providing an insulative layer against the cold. Now, typically that will only work if they're in nice and deep. And you know what we're like, we're often a bit lazy when we plant them. So to ensure that they are deep enough put a good six inches of mulch on the top that will provide the, the depth that's needed to give that insulation the mulch can be anything it can be your garden compost it could literally be some bagged bark whatever you've got to hand this is about depth rather than a specific material the the final thing as well if you've got smaller tuber dahlias things like bishop of Landaff, they can be too weedy to go through the winter and often die out if you've had that happening lift them pot them, cut them back, but just keep them ever so gently growing in a cool greenhouse or conservatory. That way you'll definitely get them to go through. 
Now on to that other big group that became very popular in the last few years, which is tree ferns. Obviously, there can be a huge investment, and the last thing you want to do is lose them over the winter months. So, if your tree fern is still small, pay extra attention because it's particularly prone to frost over the winter. Bring it into a frost-free greenhouse or a conservatory if you can, because that's really going to be the best way for the small plants. But if your tree fern is starting to get bigger, you again can keep it outside. And the the thing to do with that is uh, give it a good wrap. So make sure that it's got some insulation. If it's a relatively mild or southern garden, you can just do that by putting a good few handfuls of straw right in the crown, packing it together to provide insulation. Fold up the fronds, tie them round and then just put a cap over the top. Um, You can even get like a sort of polystyrene insert in the middle as well, just to shed some of the water from the crown in the centre, which is your growing points, the most important bit to protect. If you're in a colder area, then also consider doing more of a full wrap where you take some fleece and then you wrap it right round, keep going up and up, helter-skelter like, and cover all the the fronds and the stem as well. It doesn't matter if some dampness gets into the plant because that will go on feeding the roots, but you're just trying to keep the worst of the winter wet and cold out. Lee Hunt from the RHS advisory team. You can find more information about overwintering plants, including video guides to wrapping tree ferns and bananas on the RHS website, rhs.org.uk forward slash advice. If you feel like visiting one of the fabulous RHS gardens this autumn, here are some ideas of the activities to enjoy in the coming weeks. Enjoy autumn plants and produce at the RHS London Harvest Festival show, the 8th to the 9th of October, or the new look RHS London Shades of Autumn show, 22nd to the 23rd of October, where specialist nurseries welcome you with original floral displays and great plants for you to buy. Join us for the food and craft events at all four RHS gardens, which host autumn festivals on the 12th to 13th of October at Hyde Hall, Harlow Car and Rosemore, or from the 16th to the 20th of October at Wisley, all supported by Mr Fothergill's. Details of all these events, as always, are on the website at rhs.org.uk forward slash gardens. You can also help us support wildlife during Wild About Gardens Week from the 25th to the 31st of October. Join fellow gardening enthusiasts in your community or inspire others by organising your own event. More details on wildaboutgardensweek.org.uk. If you're a regular listener to the RHS Gardening Podcast, you already know that once a month our experts from the advisory team here at RHS Garden Wisley are on hand to answer your gardening questions. The RHS Advisory Service is free for all RHS members. And if you have any questions you'd like to hear answered on the podcast, you can email them to us at podcast at rhs.org.uk. Tackling the questions with me this month are Guy Barter, Rob Sterling and Liz Beale. A question here from Martin Potting from Manchester. Next year, I'd love to try grow your own, but I don't have a garden. What fruit and veg can I grow indoors? I have a tiny balcony. It's on the sixth floor of a flat, and they also have access to windowsills. Well, well, Rob, is there any hope there for vegetable production? Quite a lot, I think. Um, what what you really need to consider um, is uh, choosing some vegetables which are, and fruit which are small growing and also ones which have a, a reasonably short season so for example um, 
in in a window box um, you could grow things like spinach um, which you can crop by by picking the leaves um, over a regular regular uh, period um, it will eventually run to seed but you should get a, a really decent amount of, of uh, leafage from that salad crops too are also extremely good in things like pots and window boxes um, you can choose any of the uh, the, the chicory um, uh, salads or, or various lettuces um, you can also uh, grow things like spring onions um, which um, you can use in your in your salads um, and carrots also do remarkably well in in pots and, and window boxes um, so there's a there's a huge variety really of, of vegetables which you can choose fruit wise um, obviously things like apples and so on are, are completely out of the question but smaller growing fruit such as gooseberries or or even some of the um, smaller growing uh, raspberries or something like that you could you could grow in a fairly large container on a, on a balcony and of course tomatoes and peppers um, are, are things that you can choose for growing in the summer um, when the weather is warmed up they would do extremely well in containers and and will provide a very uh, good crop for the space they take up Alison Chatter from Bucks says my plant plants with red and silver foliage I'd like to break up the sea of green with some interesting leaves in my garden what plants can you recommend for a west facing partially shaded plot with coloured leaves Guy or Tony oh right yeah I guess here the crucial thing is the amount of partial shading because most coloured leaves particularly silver foliage tends to want uh, full sun and so things like lavender which great for a silver effect may not do very well rosemary would certainly be more suitable but it is all about the matter of degree of uh, uh, shading there and it may be that it's a better option to go down the road of hostas and such like if the soil's moist enough um, guy do you have any suggestions there well how about um virginias that have got uh, glossy leaves during the summer and um, go red in the winter and also hooterers hooterers are immensely popular nowadays because they'll grow anywhere and exceedingly easy to grow and relatively economic and there's certainly reddish uh, hues amongst those as well as plenty of green and other colors and they're very widely offered at the moment another one to consider would be brunner jack frost which um has um has extremely silver leaves but but does do quite well in shade um, although it would actually prefer a, a moist soil rather than a dry soil. Um, and it also has attractive forget-me-not blue type flowers in the, in the spring. For winter use, I often like to think of Euonymus fortunii, a silver queen, for example, that can be grown as a hummocky shrub in almost any situation and each year cut back to keep it within size and shape. And another consideration would be Pittosporum tom thumb, which... Uh, um, only gets around a two feet high probably when it's fully grown and perhaps as much across um, and it starts off putting out um, very densely foliaged uh, lime green leaves um, which then turn a, a lovely plum uh, purple as the foliage matures. I, I guess if the site's shaded the more shade even the better then a lot of the Japanese aces will certainly do this job something like garnet very rich deep burgundy colour, very fine cut leaves, a great choice and the whole range has hundreds of Acer cultivars and these Japanese Acers do revel in a bit of shade and a bit of sun. Main thing, it needs to be sheltered and certainly out of the wind but they'll certainly give you a colour throughout the spring and summer months. 
ASOs are quite expensive and a bit temperamental and uh, where there's any doubt about the soil consider some of the red coloured leaves elders such as Eva and Black Lace and also uh, Physocarpus uh, there's a number of uh, shrubs there with yellow and red foliage as well that are well worth thinking about and I suppose if we're looking at uh, shrubs then again uh, Cotinus, things like Cotinus Grace uh, nice rich colour but again probably needs a reasonable amount of sun but big advantage of it it can be pollarded or cut quite hard back in late winter so that if you haven't got a lot of space you can actually produce a foliage plant that will uh, make a vivid display during the summer months some of the philadelphas too are quite good in shade and philadelphus coronarius aurea has lovely lime green leaves but it also has the benefit of really sweetly scented flowers in spring our last question of today comes from eleanor ashton from reading next year my eight-year-old son freddie wants to grow his own giant pumpkin for halloween how do we go about it and when do we have to start well, um, Freddie should have an excellent chance, assuming he's lucky enough to have access to a, a piece of reasonably fertile soil with plenty of sunlight. And you need quite a big piece because the um, the pumpkin rambles and um, generally spreads itself around a bit. So first thing to do is to prepare the ground and fork in lots of compost from the compost bin or some other uh, f- uh, soil improver. Uh, spread a little fertiliser, maybe 70 grams per square yard of fertiliser. Get the ground ready um, for some time in April. Then you need to buy a seed of the right pumpkin. They usually come in packets of six seeds, so you've got several chances to to get it right and then start the seed round about mid-April um, mid to late April start it on the windowsill it'll grow very fast um, because it's a big seed and you'll have a nice big plant ready to put out by about mid-May now fortunately living in Reading um, in the south it should be fine but if there's any question of uh, the weather being a bit cold cover it with some fleece or a cut off plastic bottle something like that to give it a bit of extra help and watch out for slugs slugs can sneak in in the night and make short work of a pumpkin plant once the weather warms up from June the pumpkin will grow away nice and fast and uh, if you plant one of these large pumpkins with names like Atlantic Giant and Sumo um, they'll they don't need any any special treatment and uh, they'll form a fruit sometime in August and that fruit will uh, swell and swell as long as you keep them well watered. And uh, if you're of a competitive nature, then giving them some liquid fertiliser every fortnight will make them even bigger. The plant will ramble along a bit, but once it's, um, once it's formed its fruit, you can cut it off a few feet beyond where the fruit is if it's starting to go into the neighbour's garden or, or being a nuisance. Sometime in September, um, the leaves will begin to go dry and fall down and the pumpkin will develop a lovely nice pumpkin colour. And when you tap it and it rings hollow um, and the stem is looking dry and uh, dried up, it'll be time to cut it. And then hopefully with the aid of several adults, um, Freddie will be able to carry a ginormous pumpkin into somewhere frost free where it'll store for quite a long time. Um, be warned, though, that these large pumpkins of are, are too large to use readily and uh, when you cut them up they make a huge amount of pumpkin soup more in fact than most families can cope with in a a long period however remember the pumpkin flesh can be frozen and uh, used over the winter um, as 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 a dessert and as a vegetable so good luck with the pumpkin but what about guy if you're going to go to all that trouble why waste this ground on the children why not actually look at some really good winter squash that uh, will see you through the uh, the vagaries of the winter something like crown prince excellent cooking qualities uh, nice steely blue fruit there 
fantastic for soups and for uh, purees and such like. And if that's too big, something like Winter Festival or Harlequin, very small bite-sized plants or fruit that will get you through the winter. And again, why just waste your pumpkins on Halloween when you've got the whole winter there ahead of you? A question better addressed, I think, to Freddie. That was the advice team at RHS Garden Wisley. Remember, RHS members can contact the team by phone, email or letter for free help with any garden queries. If you'd like details on how you can become a member of the RHS, just go to rhs.org.uk forward slash join. Well, we're out of time on this edition of the RHS Gardening Podcast. We'll be back in a fortnight. Until then, remember to follow us on Twitter at the underscore RHS and like us on Facebook. For now, from me, Tony Dickerson and the team here at RHS Garden Wisley in Surrey, goodbye. I'm walking down the path in my garden and I have a suggestion for you on how you could help with global warming. With a large lawn, I found a simple way of making a big difference. I sold my ride-on mower and bought a top-of-the-range Cress robotic lawnmower. It runs off rechargeable batteries and uses cutting-edge technology to mow and maintain a lawn this size. The petrol mower has gone, and with it, the emissions. I actually don't know why I didn't sell the ride-on sooner. With the Cress robotic lawnmower, the lawn is actually looking better. The tiny grass cuttings fall into the grass roots, helping to fertilise the grass. And the family doesn't have to put up with the noise and fumes from the ride-on. And I've freed up more of my time to spend with them and in the garden. It's an easy step. And you could also be making that change today. Ask for Cress in your local garden machinery dealer. Or visit cress.com. Discover the beauty of an RHS membership all year round. Save 25% off an RHS membership today when paying by direct debit. Prices start at just £55.50. With a membership, you'll gain access to an array of special events at our gardens all year round. Be the first to know about RHS flower shows and get exclusive member-only days plus reduced rate tickets. And you'll have the chance to enhance your gardening know-how with access to free expert garden advice, monthly editions of The Garden magazine and so much more. Terms and conditions apply.